Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason we didn't tell you because we knew you wouldn't come if you knew I was preaching. She called me this morning. I was out in my garage doing something. She's like, my hair standing straight up. She goes, you want to preach tonight? I was like, I don't know. Give me a minute. Think about it. (laughs) And I just knew in my spirit. I was like, all right, right, I'll do it. So praise God. Father, we thank you. We come before you tonight and we honor you and we worship you, Father. And I thank you, Father, as the word is preached, minds will be renewed. They'll be helped, Father. Healing will take place as they're sitting. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, for everything you've done and everything you're going to do for us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Have you guys enjoyed yourself this week? Praise God. Praise God. He's good all the time. Amen. You know, um, the Lord's really been dealing with me um, the last, gosh, about a year and a half about healing. You know, sometimes when you've been uh, never sick your whole life, you never understand things until you get sick or something happens and you start seeing life in a different way. You see a picture of yourself smiling when you, when you were younger and be like, man, those days are long gone. <laughs> you know, you, you, you look at yourself and you're like, man, I don't know if I could ever be well like that again, you know, or have something like that in my life. And um, we need the word of God. We need healing. Yeah. And one thing about growing up in a church, you see people suffering in a church. Yeah. And then you're like, man, I'm in church, too, and they're in church. And they're sick. Maybe I'm going to get sick because they're sick. You know what I mean? And you're like, and they say they're believing, but they're sick. But if I believe, what makes me better than they, you know, and you can kind of get in this place being raised in the church and you have to, you, sometimes the church is incredibly sick. Let me say that. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, sometimes we're like, my God, don't don't witness to nobody because you come in walking. You got disease, tuberculosis, you know, coughing, hacking, come into the kingdom, come into the fellowship. And they're like, no. And I've and I've always known I'm I said, we, some of these people, including myself, we've got to be missing something. There's something missing to continuously walk in disease and sickness. And I've, you, you become incredibly dissatisfied in the way things are, are around you. And I told God, I said, I'm very dissatisfied in what I'm seeing. And I'm dissatisfied in my level of knowledge. And so you go into the word, you start going. But me and God have a different type of relationship than maybe you do. You know, I'm, I'm very straight. And I say, Father, I come before you and I'm probably saying the wrong stuff but I'm fully correctable. But tell me what I'm doing wrong or tell me. And I come with honor and reverence, but why isn't this thing going? Right? I mean, come on. It's like, 
you know, I don't live in a, in a, in a cloud, you know, and I want to know because I, I see people and they're hurt and they're dying and I don't like it. And the Christian, you have to get to a point where you're not okay with being sick. You're, you're, you're not okay with putting up with the garbage you've put up with. Amen. And so tonight we're going to talk about healing. But how many in, in here, be honest, need healing in your body right now? Let me see you raise your hands. Keep them up. Okay. If you do, okay, keep, keep your hand up. Everybody, I'm, I'm serious. Keep your hand up if you need healing in your body. The person next to you that doesn't have your raised, look to them and say, you're going to be healed tonight. You still have your hand up? If you have your hand up, look back and say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, keep your hand up. Now you look to the person next to you that doesn't have their hand raised and say, I'm going to be healed tonight. And the person that doesn't, you say, yes, you are. You're going to be healed tonight. There has to be a decree where something is done to say enough is enough. And tonight, amen, is enough is enough. Amen. Amen. And I believe that because the Bible says, if you believe, if you believe, and most of the time you think, well, how do I even know if I'm believing? Because I'm believing, but nothing's happening. And then you kind of get mind boggled, right? We get bogged down in our mind and we're like, well, maybe there's something else going on. Maybe I'm missing it. And we get lost in the thoughts of spiritualness, right? We can become like, okay, you know what? All right, but I'm not going to make a bad confession, but you know what? We, we've all had this conversation, right? Okay, I'm not the only one walking around the garage talking to God about this. Okay. And we can become bogged down in all these thoughts. And I thought, you, you know, when I read about great men and women of God, there comes a point where they say you have to believe. And I think to myself, if somebody told me I wasn't believing, I'd have to call you a liar because I don't know else how to believe because I'm doing all I know to do. Isn't that true? We've all reached that. Amen. And so tonight I want to kind of flow through that a little bit. But what maybe there's multiple places, but the two that I know of where Jesus said, great is your faith. Great is your faith. He didn't say that to everybody. He didn't say that to his disciples. Let's go real quick. We've been there. I'm just going to skim through it. Matthew 15, 22. And tonight, I believe that you will get your answer. And tonight, when hands are laid on you, you will be healed. Does that mean you're going to feel healed? Not necessarily, no. But it doesn't matter. Amen. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, have mercy on me, O son of God, my, my daughter. We know that part. In 23, he said, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came urging him because he was bothering her. And so we keep going down to 25. 
Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, you got to help me. So she's exhausted every other source of begging, whatever. And it's come down. You just got to help me. And he said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And we know. Let's go down to 28. And the Lord answered unto her, O woman. What do you say? Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Why was her faith great? Because of persistence. It wasn't correct wording. She didn't know what to say. She came begging, you know, saying these things. I know that you're the Messiah, all the correct stuff. And she got down to the point where it just says, help me. So we see one level to having great faith is persistence. Is that true? From what we see here. Okay, let's go over to Matthew 8, 8. Matthew 8, 8. And we know here it says that, and we know this part about the centurion soldier, Roman, whatever you're going to call Answered to him, said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou mayst come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be what? So we know this man knows something about what does he know about? Authority. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go and he goeth and to the other come and he cometh and to do to my servants and he doeth it. Number 10. When Jesus heard it, what did he do? He marveled and said to them that followed, verily, I say unto you, I have. He turned around and said, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. So here's two examples of great faith. Number one is authority. Number two is persistence. And if you carry these out and don't waver, great is your faith. Am I wrong? Because when I read the word, why is it, Why is this scripture in here? It's not in here because there was thousands of healings. This was in here for a reason to show us. There is a parallel of everything in your life that you come up to in the word of God. In the Bible, there, this book is a parallel to anything that you're going to come up against. And he's telling us here because it was so notable that it was written down in this book of life forever that this man had great faith because he told Jesus, there's no need for you to come because I know the power of authority. If you speak the word only, it shall be done. And then we go over back to the lady and persistence. Great is your faith. Great is your faith. So when you line your words up with the word of God, number one, you line them up with the word of God. What does the Bible say? It says you're healed in the face of you laying on a bed dying. The Bible says you're healed. And even though you're taking pills, the Bible says you don't need those pills no more. Is that true? 
We have to take God at face value for what he says. I believe sometimes we make stuff so complicated in our head. And I've been a victim of it myself. Trust me. I'm probably the ringleader, you know, for all the wrong ways. But you know what? I figured out not the ways not to go. Amen. So it's important that we know what belongs to us and what we have authority over. And once we act on it, and it's most Christians, including, I always throw myself in there, including myself. Sometimes we know authority, but we don't practice it because we really don't believe it's probably going to happen. I mean, it's pretty far-fetched. You know, we don't really see a lot of miracles. We don't really see a lot of this stuff. Why me? You know, that's like winning the lottery. You know, that's the way our mind thinks. Why me? Why me? Why not you? Why not all of us? Why does it have to be this one person? Why, do, why does healing supposedly have to be like at the pool of Bethesda? Just one and all the others are just laid out everywhere. That's the way sometimes we think of healing. It's just a random click of the numbers. Amen. But this isn't so. And so this is my pursuit. And with God, I said, you've got to show me because I can't because I'm a person like I don't get up and just spout stuff that, you know, is sometimes regurgitated just to make a sermon. I told God I'm not in the ministry for like just because my parents are, you know, either we do it right or we don't do it at all. It's like, forget it. You know, I'll just wear a white shirt and some nice jeans and come to nine to five and I'll leave right after church and go eat. Right. If it doesn't work, it's all just fun and games. But I, 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 I believe there's so much more and I refuse to be defeated by certain things. Amen. How many of you want to have great faith that you, you that that the, the reason this is in here. Is to, so we go, okay, don't do such and such. Okay, we're going to have great faith. Amen. So we have to make sure we're lining up with the word of God. We're doing what God said to do in the face of everything telling us opposite. Amen. Amen. Are y'all being helped so far? Something that I've seen, sickness, obviously we know, is of Satan. We know that. But sickness has completely decimated families. Not only decimated families, but made you a slave to it. It makes you a slave to the circumstance that's in the body. And it just doesn't make you a slave. It makes your close family slaves. And it robs the close family from being with their children to mess with your sickness because you can't do it yourself. And I'm not saying you guys, but I'm talking about sickness in a whole. You understand. And it robs you of life. It just decimates, it strips you of life and it strips your future because you can't see anything else besides where your death is. Because the world says, once you get sick, there's really not much coming back from it. 
It's a slow decline all the way to the grave. But the Bible says not only are you going, you, you, you were headed towards death, but now we're going to revert that and you're coming out. But everything in the natural says different. It says different. So this is where in the face of death, in the, de- in the face of sickness, in the face of doctors telling you that you're going to die or you have such and such disease, you have diabetes, you're going to have to have this such and such, you're going to have to have insulins, you're going to have to have all this stuff, you're going to be a slave to these needles, you're going to be a slave to these things, you're going to be coming to the doctor twice a month. This isn't God's way. The Bible says that he's our physician. Does he not? He's our, our physician. Okay, Lord, then I see you first. Then you're the first place I go. You have to take that for what you want it to be. I can't tell you don't go to the doctor. If you feel like you're going to die, you better get your butt to the doctor. But at some point you have to cross the threshold that he's either your physician or you just like the idea that he was your physician when you were feeling good. So you come to a point, either the word of good, it's true or it's not true. Or maybe it was just true when you were feeling good. Maybe that's when it was true. And I've been a victim of it myself. But I refuse to be a slave to sickness. Jesus said that sickness is a demonic spirit and it must be cast out. Cancer. I know when you look under, under a telescope, it's some kind of cells and all this stuff. But the Bible says it's a demonic spirit. Dementia is a demonic spirit. Alzheimer's is a demonic spirit. Amen. I know what it looks like under a telescope, whatever you want to call it. But I'm telling you what Jesus said it was. Down syndrome is a demonic spirit. Amen. And what did Jesus say? It must be cast out. If you can believe. Amen. If you can believe. I know we like the thought, hey, we're going to be casting out devils. But this is a place where Jesus told his disciples, hey, (laughs) this is comes by prayer and fasting. Amen. And it comes from a desire that you're tired of being sick. You're tired of seeing people around you being sick. You know, as when you're feeding on people like uh, Bosworth and uh, um, Kenyon and all these men of God, when you read that book, it's like you thought you knew everything about healing. And then you get in that and you're like, oh, I can see that. I don't know really much about it. And you go a little bit more and you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that either. Thought I did. But it's like you get to a next level in your faith and you go, "Okay, I get it. I got it now. And most of us what now when when we look at the Bible, I'm going to go like three hours. I promise I'll keep it under four. No, it's not. All right. I'm not going to go. If you'll give me your attention, I promise I won't go 
three, two and a half hours. But when we read the Bible and we read about Jesus, we look at what he did when he was healing people. And most of the healings were done instantaneous, was it not? They were almost all instantaneous or within the hour. Okay, there was some stuff in there. And we read these every Sunday. And you get the thought process, if I'm not healed instantly, and I'm not, I'm not blaming nobody. Because that's what we read. And he was, she touched the hem of his garden and instantly healed. She dropped him down from the ceiling and he rose up. Is that right? The blind. He said, open your eyes. I see man's trees. Touch him again. He's, he's open. Deaf and mute spirits come out. And we get this concept of, we get in the healing line and what happens? Nothing. And we go, well, I guess it didn't work. And I'm not blaming you because we read the scriptures every week. Is that not true? And we expect to be healed the same way. Me too. I'm not saying that can't happen. But what I'm saying is if, if when we've come up and nothing happened, we instantly go, well, I guess better luck next time. I'm a victim of it too. Have y'all done that? Well, you know, maybe I'll, you know, it'll be next time. Next time, Jesus, I'll get you next time. I'm a victim of it too. But at some point, one thing about me, I I, I don't know, but I don't always feel the anointing like some of y'all do. And, and I told God, I said, Lord, if I'm wrong, I always put that out there. If I'm wrong, I take correction. But I'm not like the person just going to be like, uh, I I like what Tony said. He said one time he was running and he was running around and he tripped and fell and then act like he was under the power of God. And I don't know where he's at, but then he said his mom was like, he's faking it. He's faking it. I don't know where he's at, but. And then he got up and started laughing. He's like, yeah, I was faking it. I was faking it. And sometimes, like, you can be, like, faking it. And I told God, I said, look, I just want to be true. Like, you know, I don't want to be, like, up here and then I fall down. But really, I didn't fall down. I mean, I'm just, woo. You know, down I go. And that, that's just my personality. Like, I told God, like, I'm straight up with you. Like, this is the way it goes. Hey, Tony. Okay. And that's just who I am. I just want to be brutally honest with God, you know, that I want to be sincere and true, that I'm not making stuff out to the way they're really not. You know what I mean? Now, when it comes to healing, sometimes we have this thing, oh, it didn't happen. So better luck next time. But that's not the way the Bible says. It says it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you see. And how many of you have had symptoms in your body just screaming at you? I mean, just literally screaming at you. And in that environment, it is very hard to believe that you're healed. When everything in your body is telling you, you are not healed. You are not healed. 
And then the Bible says you're healed. And then it says, continue to be persistent. And you go, yo, this is getting like worse day by day, (laughs) day by day. Right. Okay. But the Bible says you're healed. In the face of everything telling you you're not. In the face of maybe it's a hip that has gone bad or a joint where everything's worn out. And every time we saw that one in Paducah where that gentleman was healed, he couldn't reach for his wallet. What is that like to wake up every day and not be able to put your shirt on every day, but believe you're healed? Or not, not being able to do things on the, on the toilet that you should be able to do. I'm being honest. That you think I'm a burden to life. No, I'm, I'm serious. These are real things that people are dealing with. And you get to the point where nobody even wants you around because maybe, you know, that's your thought. I'm just a burden. I can't even do stuff that I need to be doing. I can't even fix my car. I can't do anything. I have to rely on everybody else. I got to call people. And in that environment, you have to stay in faith, which is naturally incredibly hard, right? With every environment telling you no. You're not healed. You're getting worse. And so tonight I want to touch this in a way because no matter what you feel, this is what I tell tell myself. I I said, Stephen, no matter what, how I feel or what I think, the word of God is true because he said it was because he said it was. Do I see and do I see results? No, not all the time. But what does the word say? It said it's true. So it must be true because my faith, that's what the faith that Norville Hayes, what Brother Canada was talking about. He was saying, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe, you will have what you say. If you believe. Not just when everything feels good. But when you literally feel like throwing in the towel with God. Feel like, my God, you've let me almost die. I feel like I'm dying. And the devil, the devil, let me tell you what sickness is. It's an interrogation to break you. If you go into an interrogation room, what do they do? They physically torture you to break you. And this, and this interrogation is to break your faith, to bring you out and say, you're right. I was never going to get healed. It was, I was, and he goes, got him. All right, let him loose. He's out. He's full sickness. Had him out the door. Because once you throw in those words, he's got you whooped. And we've all done it. And tonight we can make a decree to say, I reverse those words. I reverse those words. And I'm getting back on the way. You can do it. Amen. Amen. Because how, how can I ever help people if I can't believe? How can I ever help people if I can't believe? How can you help anybody if you can't believe? How can you help yourself if you can't believe? You can't. 
Amen. It doesn't matter what you feel or how you feel or what you do or don't feel, pain or no pain. The word is true if we believe. Doesn't pain speak to you? If you hit your finger in a car door, how long does it take before it registers? Does it take a long time? No. Like almost instantly it registers. We're in a lot of pain. That's true. And that's what pain does. It registers on you so much that it blocks out everything else you were doing to consolidate yourself on this sickness. Is that true? If you smash, if you cut your finger, the vegetables you were cooking are now put off and it's now being, I got to get this thing handled. Amen. And that sickness is that way and the devil knows it. If he can get you sick, he pulls your, you off onto the sickness and that's all you see. I've been a victim of it myself. I've done it. But at some point in the face of nothing happening, in the face of everything telling you it's going to get worse, in the face of having more pain than you had when you began believing, the word is still true. It doesn't matter if you feel like it's working or not. Because trust me, I've gotten like growing up in the church, we say, you, you know, like my dad would bring people up here and they're like, and they're like, oh, I feel it. I feel it. And I'm like, I've never felt anything like that in my life. I don't even know what they're talking about, you know? And they're like, I feel the anointing running down my head like fire. And I'm like, and then you register with that yourself. Oh, if I don't feel the fire, then I wasn't healed. Or I didn't feel the anointing in my hands like Pastor Nancy was saying, so I must, it must not be there. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do or don't fit. The word of God is true in your bedroom when you're sick. It's true in the morning when you don't feel like being spiritual. When you don't have healing anointing flowing over you like fresh oil. As great as that sounds and uplifting the spirit, I'm sure that is when that happens. That's not something that is guaranteed to us. Amen. But the word of God says, if you can believe, it didn't say once you get the feeling of hot oil running down your, your shirt, it said, if you can believe, if you can believe, if you can believe, no anointing, no anointing, no guarantee if you're going to feel better once you say this, no guarantee. Maybe it'll get worse, but you know what? The Bible says <laughs> it's guaranteed. He said he sees to his word that he keeps it. And I take him at face value to say, all right, then, then you are my physician and I hand it over to you. And I expect you as I keep my word straight. And I don't get out of love like all you women in here with your husbands. If I keep it, if I keep my word straight, even if you can physically feel it and see it, 
And people say, well, how do you feel? Oh, man, I see you're real. I, I was listening to Dad Hagen, and he was talking about, I'm sure you all heard it, but I'm just going to regurgitate it. But he said that he was, he was believing God, and I may not get the story correct, but he would get out of town and go downtown and walk around. And people would say, brother, you look terrible. You look terrible. And then he'd start to feel the sympathy, the sympathy for it. And he'd go, yeah. And they're like, let me give you a ride back home. Let me carry you home. And he'd go, yeah, I don't feel so good. I don't feel good. And then he said that finally he would give in to it. And they would pick him up and haul him home and he'd lay in bed. And he'd give a little bit more strength. Then he'd come back out. Does, he, does it look like the anointing's working? No, no, it doesn't. But see, he had to, but he got into the sympathy flow of other people and it pulled him down. Well, tell me how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel. You better not tell them how you really feel because you're going to go, you know what? You're right. I just feel terrible. I was believing God and it didn't work. You know, I go to this church. They told me I didn't feel any fresh oil from heaven. I didn't feel burning hands. My ears weren't burning. My face wasn't burning. You're right. Just forget it. This is the stuff when you grow up in a church, you process. You know, because everyone has their own take on it. Like Brother Joel said a while back, he said, if I did everyone, every minister said to do, I wouldn't have any time to do anything. You know, so at some point you have to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? You know, I believe healing is base level entry package. You know how they have packages you can get like all this data and all this data. You can get all this or you can go here. And I, I, I say, God, when I read the word of God, it shows me that healing is the base package. It's not on the top, but at the bottom because it's for your children. And the mercy of God is for everybody. Salvation is for everybody. Salvation and healing are for everybody that will believe. And I refuse to believe that it's somewhere way off in this complicated land of walking this line of spiritual, you know, like there's ministers and, and prophets that have to walk a line, but I can't imagine that everybody else has to walk this tightrope of healing. And once you fall off, you're off, you're it's done. It's over. I believe he said, if you can believe, if you can believe, if you can believe, you will be healed. You will have what you say. What was great faith? Authority and persistence. In the face of every symptom in your body, you, in your body telling you you're sick, what do you say? I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. A day goes by. I'm healed. That's a lie, devil. That sickness is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie because it's from the enemy. And if it's from the enemy, then it's not true. It's a lie because I'm a child of God. You have to stir yourself up. You have to stir it up. And a week goes by and physically you're worse now. Let's say it. You're physically worse. But what does the word say? The word says you're healed. So what do you say? I'm healed. I'm healed. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what pains are shooting through my back. It doesn't matter the migraine that's going on in my head. It doesn't matter that my joints are worn out. What does the word say? 
I'm healed. I'm healed. If I will believe, if I stay persistent, if I don't give up, if I don't give up and give in to Satan under the, the devil is a trespasser. The Bible says that he is out to kill, steal. Well, where do you steal from? Someone's home and the only place you got on the property is because you trespassed. The devil is a trespasser and he's going to try to ruin your life. You say, well, I don't know what I did. He's a trespasser. He's going to come on your property. You can put up signs, do not enter private property under Jesus' hands. And what's going to happen? He's going to try to trespass and mess your life up. That's what thieves do. That's why do not steal laws do not work because you're a thief. Is that true? So we know that he's out to get us all the time. Let's just put that to rest. So we know Satan's out to ruin our lives. Amen. But it doesn't matter what you feel. A week goes by. I'm healed. I'm healed. Two weeks go by. Three weeks go by. Four weeks go by. A month. Two months. Three months. After three months, has the promise changed? Has, now, see, this is where our words start to change. The promise is still true. But what if you got it on the first night that you asked for to be healed the first time? And then you needed it a second time later on in your life. And then it, uh, it didn't happen on the first day. You think, oh, boy. Oh, boy. What kind of, you know, sure, that's a great fun testimony. But what about the testimony that said I stood for six months? Every day I was in brutal pain. And people go, oh, my God, I'm in the same boat you are. There's hope for me. There's hope for me. There's not a timeline on your faith. It doesn't matter what you think or what you feel or what you think should have been. Even though it's getting worse, the word of God hasn't changed. It still says that you're healed. And it says if you can believe. Is that true? Does it say that? If you can believe, that's what Norval Hayes was telling, what God told him. He said, if you can believe, if you can believe. And Jesus told the same thing. If you can believe. And obviously this is where we're missing it is we fall off the believing. Sure, we can say we are, but it's not about uh, what we say. It's about what are we actually in our spirit? What are we giving up on? And it's very important that we hold fast. And that's why I told you tonight, whether or not it looks like you're healed, when hands are laid on you, if you will agree with me, at that point, that point will become your start to tell Satan from that night on the 11th of June, I was healed. When Brother Stephen agreed with me that I was healed, that was at my time. That was my time I was healed. No matter. No matter. No matter. The promise is true. The promise is true. Smith Wigglesworth said something. I'm not sure if I'm getting it right. But he said that he was in this stage where he had never seen a miracle like the ones he was believing for. And he said once he crossed over that, that first deal and he saw his first miracle, he said there was nothing else that could stop me. I don't know if I'm saying it just right, but it was what that's what he was saying. And I thought 
if we could get there and get over that because you because wealth is nothing when you're dying. Being rich is worth nothing when you're laid up on a bed. Wealth is worth nothing. So what should we be first addressing is the body. Because that wealth is just for doctors at this point. It's true. Amen. Health and wealth. But we have to conquer because at some point in your life, you will need healing in your life or a close one near you. 100%. 100%. You're going to need it. Amen. Anytime a symptom changes your confession, we have failed. It's happened to me. I've been a victim of doing this. I thought, boy, I thought I was really on top of it. And something happened. I said, you know, I guess I'm not. You know, we've all been there. Amen. Matthew 4, 1. And it says... When Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days, some of you men and women, you don't eat for three hours and all the victory's lost. <laughs> victory's gone. Christ is gone because you didn't get your happy meal. Is it true? It can be true. Come on. Don't be all spiritual with me. It can be true. It can be true for you. And when he had fasted, how how much? 40 days and 40 nights. Afterwards, he was what? Hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be turned to bread. But he answered, what did he do? He answered it and said, for it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. The written word is your guarantee of what you're believing for. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Number five. Then the devil took him to a holy, a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of, of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for, but he said for, or for he said, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Yeah. And in the hands they shall bear up. So he's tempting him with his own word. Yeah. Yeah. You see that the devil will try to condemn you yeah. in your endeavors for healing. Right. Well, you've done such and such in your life. Well, you didn't tithe enough. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You think God doesn't know you're not perfect. Absolutely. He, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And you cast that garbage down. If there's something lingering and you know, it's a spiritual thing that God's dealing with you, address it. But all this other garbage, get rid of it. You didn't give enough. Well, it's not by works. Well, my God, if I could feel better, I'd pay you a thousand dollars. Heal me and let's move on. But that's not the case. If I could put my tithe in to the bucket and receive healing out of it, That'd be a great deal, but that's not the way it works. That doesn't take any faith. 
I can go get a loan for the money. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm getting off, but yeah. And Jesus said to him, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So what is he doing when, it, when he's in a terrible place in his life? He's in a terrible place. He's hungry. He's tired. How would y'all like to be out in Mojave Desert for 40 days? Walking around, wandering, being tempted by Satan with homosexuality, with perversionness, with sin, with theft, all these things under the worst circumstances a man can be under and still being able to resist and say, for it is written, for it is written. You see what I'm saying? For it is written. Amen. This is how you have to fight back. You refuse to give up what the Lord said is yours. Amen. Again, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain. Let's think about that. You got to climb up a high mountain. How many of y'all not, not eat that long and climb up a big mountain? And he said, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For what? For it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God. And he's showing. Why is it in the Bible? It's not a storybook. He's showing us a parallel of what to do for our life. He's telling us what to do in a time when it looks like things are getting worse. When everything up is drying around you, your symptoms are getting worse. It is written. It is written. It is written. And I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. This is what he's talking about, a fight of faith. You have to keep it. You have to keep your words right. For it is written. You don't need feelings to indicate healing. And that's been one of our, I'm speaking for the church in a whole, is if we don't feel healed, then we're not healed. There was, um, Morgan asked me to tell this, and I was listening to Dad Hagen last week, and I think it was in a Bible school setting. Maybe you all have heard it. I'm sure you have. But he, he, he was mentioning another minister, and that minister was having a camp meeting, and they were having multiple services a day. And on the first night, there was a man that came up and he was completely crippled in his legs. And he walked on, uh, you know, crutches. But he said that his legs had some kind of leather bracing on it. And I'm not sure what it was. And he said that he, you had to go to uh, Bible school, get a card to show that you listened. And then at night, you bring it up, you get in the healing line, you get healed. You know, you get your hands laid on. So this guy came up on crutches. I mean, dra dragging his leg. Uh, the, the minister told Dad Hagen his legs were so, so bent and crooked. He said, boy, he was so deformed in his legs. It was a mess. And he said that the next morning on Tuesday morning after he got hands laid on him, he come into the lobby area or the general area where everyone's congregating. And he's going around telling people. You better get your card and get in healing school. I was healed last night. You better get in line. And he's go to the next person on these crutches, dragging his feet, dragging his feet. How many of y'all dragging your feet around like that? And he goes, I was healed last night. 
And then the afternoon service, he's out in the lobby, dragging his feet around with these leather things dragging on the floor, walking around, telling people, I was healed last night. Praise God. Get in it. Get your card. Get in the healing line. Look at me. I'm healed. Does he look healed? No. He probably didn't feel any anointing. But the Bible says, if you believe, you're healed. What faith does that take for that man? Man, you almost start weeping because you're like, my God, I'm such a wiener. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I thought my deal was bad. This man's had his whole life. He doesn't know anything else. And then Tuesday night comes, same thing. Wednesday morning, morning meeting, afternoon meeting. This man's going through the lobby, going through the lobby or the general area, telling people, get your card, get in healing school. You get in healing line, you'll be healed. I was healed Monday night. Every service coming up. And the ministers got together and said, man, this guy's kind of, it looks bad. I mean, he's going around telling people that he's healed. But he's obviously not healed. You know, he's not healed. And in the natural, it don't look like he's healed. And he's going around. And one of the ministers said, uh, I think it was Wednesday night, and they were talking about this. And he said, I'm going to go talk to him in the morning. I'll, I'll deal with it. I don't know if y'all heard this story. And then he goes and he's, so he goes out there and he's looking for this guy. And a guy come, comes up and says, hey, pastor, good morning. He goes, hey, 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 how you doing? And he's looking around for a guy. What is he looking for? A guy walking around on this. And the guy goes, hey. And he goes, and he looks back. He goes, you don't recognize me, do you? He goes, no. He goes, I'm the guy that was on crutches. Fully healed. Fully healed. Fully healed. Okay, so in your mind, you just went, okay, so three days and he got a ceiling. Okay, so for me, no, it's not for you. Three days isn't for you. A week isn't for you. Instant healing isn't for you. Don't take it and apply it to you. You understand me? Because you're going to trip yourself up. You're going to trip yourself up. Is the word of God true or not? If you can't believe, then I'm sorry. This isn't for you. But if you can believe, if you can believe, everything this book says is for you. It's for you. It's for me. I believe the word of God is true. I believe it. I believe it. And I'm seeking to show it to people that we can do it. Amen. Are y'all being helped? No matter the pain you're in, you're healed. Why? Because the word says you're healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll go to one more scripture and then we'll wrap it up. I don't preach too long because I want you to grasp what I'm saying. Because if I keep talking, your butt's going to start hurting and then you're going to fade out. I do that too. So I'm like, hey, if you can hurry it up and just power punch it, I got it. Amen. Mark 5, 3. Amen. Mark 
Now here is the man that we know was had a handful of demons. Amen. And he lived in a tomb. He lived in the mountains. Now, we got to put ourselves in this environment because a lot of times the Bible school books look very pleasant. But really, I'm assuming this man was partially naked. I'm assuming this man had dreadlocks. I'm, insu- I'm assuming this man smelled like feces. I'm assuming the craziness coming out of his eyes and the de- demonicness was very severe. And I'm assuming if this man can break shackles into pieces and break a chains, there's not any man in the world can break a solid chain. That's what they use to tie down equipment on trailers with. And this man's breaking them. Throw your mind around that for a minute. Amen. And Jesus had come over. Let's go to three. Who had... Um, his dwelling among the tomb, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces. Rather, could no man tame him. And, all, and, and always, day and night, in the mountains, in, in the tomb, crying out and cutting himself with stones. There is, we know there is prescriptions for this exact thing right now in our society. They drug you, but it's an evil spirit. Cancer is an evil spirit. This demonic stuff is evil spirit. This isn't some disorder that you were retarded or crazy in your mind. This is evil spirits. And when you recognize that, you treat it as such. My God, I don't know what, like, what does a pill feel like to a devil? I mean, that's like, yo, you don't get it. <laughs> You're just numbifying the physical flesh. Anyways, you know. Number six. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he saw him from afar. How did he know who he was? I'm sure there was an anointing that flowed off of him. There's, have you ever had someone say, when you know him, we, or when you see him, you'll know him. And you see that person, you're like, I know him. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, you'll know him when you see him. This is the, what Jesus walked in, was that place. When you see him, you'll know him. That's when, when the fourth person was in the furnace. Was just, the king said, I know that that fourth one is the son of God. You never seen the son of God before. This is before this man even touched the earth, ever touched the earth. But there was a fourth and he knew it was the son of God. When you see him, you'll know him. And it said he cried out for the the unclean spirits, number nine. And when he had asked him, what is your name? And he goes on to explain. And let's go down to uh, 13. And at once Jesus gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out of and entered the swine where there are about 2000 and the herd ran off and we know the rest. 
But here's something we forget to mention at number 18. And when Jesus or he had gone into the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he what? Might be with him. What is your reasoning to be healed? This man knew I didn't have a life before this man showed up. And once this man showed up and cast the devils out, I owe him my life. And it says that he was naked. Obviously he's naked because they clothed him and they gave him something. And this man begged in the state that he was in. He just got this junk off of him. But he realized this man is where I, who I need to be around. And when he got into the boat, he who had been devil possessed, he begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him. But what did he say? He said, but I say to you, uh, said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had what on you? Compassion. If there was going to be compassion for us and if, if he would have compassion on that man, there's compassion for us. This man, I can't imagine this man's scars on his face from cutting himself, from cutting his arms, from gnashing his teeth, from clawing at himself. What did his physical appearance look like? It had to be highly aggressive. But, he, but when that was cast off of him, he begged him to be with him. Amen. But Jesus said, no. And he tells him, you go tell your testimony. You go tell what God has done for you. You go tell him what God has done for you. And that's what he did. He went off and told. I mean, what testimony? And if we will not give up and we will not give in to pain and suffering and to symptoms and to, and to strategic things to break us, we can have a great testimony. Amen. What is it? What is the testimony that somebody says, I want to tell you my testimony that I was healed after believing God for eight months. I went up in the healing line before eight months and I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel better, but I believe God and I believe God. I believe God. Every day I felt worse. Every day I felt worse. And all and each month went by and I feel worse. And after eight months, I was completely healed. And then you have the other people that say, I felt the fresh oil fall on my head. And you go, praise God. But the other one is more relatable to say, if I don't get the hot oil, there's still hope for me. There's still hope for me. And so I want to encourage you tonight. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you don't feel or do feel pain. No pain. The word of God is true. One week, the word of God is still true. One month, the word of God is still true. Six months. Is it still true? How about eight months? Eight, uh, how about a year? Two years. Oh, it's still true. It's still true. Three years. Five years. It's still true. 
Because the Bible says it is. The Bible says it is. And if the Bible says it, then you heard it and you do it at the level you take God at face value. And you say, I commit myself to you. It's still true. No matter. No matter how you feel, what the doctor tells you, you got cancer. Oh, really? Well, the word of God says I'm healed. You have to fight back. You have to fight back with the word of God. Hallelujah. Y'all been helped. If you need healing in your body, I want you to stand up and the ushers will help you go to either side of the sanctuary. And we want to lay hands on those. And I'm getting in into agreement with you that from this moment that hands are laid on you, that you connect with me. I'm not doing it by myself because he said, what can you believe? If you just come up here to see what happens, then I can't help you. I'm sorry. I'm not here just to see what happens. Amen. I'm here to agree with you and we commit, commit that from this moment on, your word will be committed to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you for every one of these men and women in here. And Father, we bring up the symptoms in their body. And we bring up the physical problems, the mental problems. And Father, we bind them in the name of Jesus. And we say, devil, we command you to loose these bodies in Jesus' name. I bind you in the name of Jesus to loose their bodies. Do you agree with that? If you don't, I can't help you. But if you can't believe, we can do it. Amen. So from this night forward, are you healed or not healed? Come on. You're healed. Yeah. And I don't want to hear another thing about it. Don't you tell somebody something different than what you're agreeing with me about. Because once you do, you forfeit yourself. Amen. I'm healed too tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed, Brother Wayne, in Jesus' name. Healed 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 in Jesus' name.
if you felt anything. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you felt the anointing or not. Are you healed? Why? Because the Bible says so. When hands are laid on me, I shall be healed. If you can't believe. Doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter if I felt anything going to you or not. The Bible says Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Nanny, I'm done. I love you guys. We did the old trickaroo on you. You thought mom was preaching and you got me. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I'm just, I'm going to say this. While he was preaching, people were being healed. I'm telling you, while he was preaching, people were being healed. And I mean, even live stream people, you can receive that. Everyone stand to your feet. I want those of you, maybe you didn't come up in the healing line, but you recognize there was something maybe that you, that was not as it should be. Move your body around. Check things. I guarantee you, do something you couldn't easily do before, and you'll find out that there was healing working in you. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Healed at the healed at the hearing. Healed at the hearing. Amen. Because you can believe while you're hearing. Amen. Hallelujah. If you, everyone put your hand down, but if before he even laid hand, well, like I said, some of you might not have even checked, even noticed, but you can already tell something's changed in your body. Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. I said, raise your hand real high. Everybody turn around and look, turn around and look, keep your hand up real high. Keep your hand up real high, real high. Hallelujah. Why? It's good to testify. Amen. Now put your hand down again. If some of you recognize, wait a minute, I was healed before he laid hands on me. Or some, some of you really may not have checked. But if you did notice before he even laid hands on you, raise your hand. If you say, I recognize something changed, maybe pain left. Wait, while he was preaching, raise your hand high. Now look, hey, raise your hand high. Turn around. Look at the hands that have gone up. Just at the hearing. It matters what we hear. I said it matters what we hear. It matters what we hear. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, thank you so much. What a wonderful healer you are. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're authorized to say the word says I'm healed. Thank God for the word. Amen. Every day of your life, the word says I'm healed. Thank God for the word. Amen. He was talking about how uh, people, that they, they, they become a slave to sickness and disease and it enslaves everyone around them. You become, you become that, the slave to that thing. And he was talking about people going to the doctor several times, several times a month or a week, whatever, just to serve that thing. And, and we're not saying you shouldn't go to the doctor. I mean, if, you, if, you, if, that's, if that's where, where, where you know, you feel like I need to do that, that's fine. But I was sitting there thinking, and it says over there in Proverbs 4, verse 20, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Keep them before your eyes. Let, let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For, what, for they, what? My words are life. My words are life. My word, not my body is life. My words are life. My words are life. To those that what? Find them. Find them. They have to matter to you to look. They have to matter to you to put your attention on them. They're life to those that find them. And health, and the margin says medicine. What's he talking about? My words are medicine. My words are medicine. My words are medicine. The doctor will prescribe you medicine, but God prescribes you medicine. It's the medicine of his word. God prescribes medicine and it's the medicine of his word. Well, those of you who are under the care of doctors, take your medicine, but at the same time, take God's prescription, the medicine of the word. And I guarantee you, as you do that, you won't have to struggle. Should I take, should I take this medication or not? Because what will happen, the more you take the medicine of the word, it comes alongside that natural medicine you're taking and all of a sudden it will start excelling that natural medicine and you'll find you didn't even need it or the doctor can say hey you can come off of it why because you added another medicine a no-fail medicine amen thank God for the word because it gives us the best place to look when what you see is not what you want to see What you feel is not what you want to feel. We're authorized to look at the best place. Amen. His word is the medicine I take. His word is the medicine I take. It's what he has prescribed. If a doctor gives you a prescription and and you decide you're not going to take it, doctor says, well, that's all I've got to prescribe for you. you. If you won't take the prescription, I can't help you. God can't help us if we don't take his prescription. And his word is the medicine he prescribes. Why? It always works. When it's rightly applied, taken rightly. And you know what? Some, some medicines, they give you directions on how taking it. 
God's word has to be taken orally. Amen. It has, it's an oral prescription. Amen. Put it in your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you blessed tonight? You get stirred up? <laughs> your body is not the source of healing. The word is the source. That's why we're authorized. We don't have to check our bodies because it doesn't flow from our bodies. Our bodies are the recipients. They're not the source of healing. They're the recipients. Amen. So that's why people say, well, I look at my body and nothing's changed. Well, don't check your body. The body's not the source. It's the recipient. Check the word. Check the source. Amen. That's what he's telling. Just talk the source. Talk the source. Keep your attention on the source. Hallelujah. Healing power. It's working in us right now. It's working right now, right now, right now, right now. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I haven't been sick. Yeah, but if you'll just keep taking the medicine of the word, it'll build health. It'll build health in you. It'll build health in you. Hallelujah. It'll build health in you. Praise the Lord. You know, I didn't start, I mean, I mean, I'm going to be 60 this year and I didn't start taking, I didn't start applying face cream at 58. I started, I started applying potions and lotions and everything way before. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, like I'm 70 and I've never put any on. Is it too late? No, it'll help you. But you would have looked a lot better if you'd have started when you were 30. It would have built something a little bit more. Right? Well, how much more of the word? It'll build something into you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's thank the healer again. Jesus, thank you so, so much. Thank you so, so much for that which we have received. Jesus, we're not just thanking you for that which we see or has manifested. Thank God for that. But we received the words, therefore we received what the words bring us. Hallelujah. We worship you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sitting in services like this is an opportunity to gain mastery and skill with our inheritance. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you say, I'm so glad I was in the services this week and received of all the different flows, of all the different manifestations and the the movings of the Spirit. And again, we say thank you so, so much for joining us. We appreciate that you've been here. And uh, we look forward to many more times together. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for all week. Every single service, all the utterances, all the answers, all the impartation, all the clarity, all the help. Holy Spirit, what a helper. You're such a helper divine help. Thank you so, so much. And we hold fast to that which we have. We hold fast to it. We honor it. And we purpose to be doers of that, 
which we have received this week, we're doers of it. And in the doing is the blessing of it. So we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We'll turn around to somebody before you're dismissed and say, it's so good to be healed because the word says I am. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.